Thread, God's truth tying together all the pieces of your life. Thread is the broadcast of Dr. Chuck Quinley. Thread. Hi, I'm Chuck Quinley, and welcome back to Thread Podcast number 66, this time coming to you from the Novotel at the Bangkok airport. We arrived last night about 4 a.m., got in to the room, and today I'm trying to knock out a Thread podcast before we head on up. Bangkok dealing with a lot of flooding signs of the times. I want to give a shout-out to all of our listeners. Man, we've got people coming from all over the world tuning into the Thread podcast. Thanks for listening. We're studying the book of Acts, which is a... I was talking to somebody this week, and they said, when I want to get all fired up about being a believer and what is potentially out there for me to be involved in as an agent of God, I just go back and read the book of Acts. And that's what we're doing. We're studying it verse by verse. The Thread podcast is a leadership podcast. We're here to try to minister to you, but also to understand that through you, a lot of other people are going to be impacted. So you got to make yourself strong Keep your own disciplines up because God is going to use you and others are going to follow you. So today we are in the book of Acts chapter 2, and this is the controversial part about speaking in tongues, not controversial where I come from, but for some people it is. Today's episode is entitled The God Part. So if you don't have your Bible, run and get it and come right back for more on Fred. All right, let's get going. Uh, Acts chapter 2, we're going to start with verses 1 through 4. We're just going to read these four verses today. And uh, this is the section on speaking in tongues. And uh, for some people, this is a real controversial topic because their church doesn't do this or teaches even actively against it. I can remember in the Philippines uh, going through somebody, uh, you know, discipleship was a really big deal there. It should be anyway, but we were having 35 people a week come to Christ, and this went on for years, for a decade. And so your systems of discipling people were really important. So I was going through everybody's discipleship material I could get, and I got a hold of this one, a study of the gifts of the Spirit by a Baptist group. And I looked, and to my shock, they had completely removed speaking in tongues as a gift. It's like it wasn't in the scripture. They just cut it out. Didn't want to, didn't argue against it, didn't say for or against. It just wasn't there. They just cut it out, kind of like uh, in the Philippines also. Uh, in some Catholic areas, you'll see the Ten Commandments posted publicly, but they've removed the commandment about idolatry, and they split another one in half so that there can still be ten and why remove tongues? Why restrain prophecy? Why disbelieve healing? I think it's because it's weird. It makes us uncomfortable. We are out of control. This is about another dimension. We're claiming that it's miraculous. Uh, some would say, well, what will others think? And this is, this is a pretty key issue because um, for the Apostle Paul, it was crucial to him that our faith not stand in human words. You know, for example, if the only church that you and I know about is the talking place church where 
people talk doctrine and use words to say this is the truth, if that's all there is, Paul was really shocked. Actually, I'll read the reference. It's from 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 4 and 5. Paul said, My speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of the Holy Spirit and demonstration of power. Why would he do that? So that your faith should not be in the wisdom of man, but in the power of God. That was really crucial to Paul, that the people not have a man-built religion, but that they understand that this is God's work. It's God speaking. We should see the fingerprints of God even more than that. We should experience the real presence of God, not a metaphor, not just by taking communion. We should have tangible experiences in our lives that we can point to and say, you can take my Bible away and say, I can never read it again, but you can't take this experience. God was there. God said this. God did that. I watched God work. Now, in uh, it, that's why we're back in Acts chapter 2. In, um, in Acts 1, verse 4, Christ had commanded them that they should not leave Jerusalem. Don't go out and create a ministry, a man-built ministry. Wait. Just wait there for the promise. And in verse 8, he tells us the reason. Because when you receive that, Acts chapter 1, verse 8, he said, once you have received that, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and then you shall be my witnesses to the end of the, of the earth. So the power was going to be, you see, I'm afraid, I really have a concern about this. Try not to eat up all the time, but I'm concerned that we have built a counterfeit ministry and counterfeit disciples. It's all well-intentioned, but entirely the work of man's hands. Churches made by man, policy and systems and nothing in there that if God didn't come within a hundred miles of it, nothing would be affected. We would still drive the buses and we'll still have the lock-in and we would still have the music and we would still have the talk from the Bible and we would still, if God himself never revealed himself. You know what I mean? It's a man-built thing. Now, there's plenty of human organization and plenty of human work that's involved in God's own true ministry. For example, in the days of Jesus, seeding the 5,000 people, he was about to do a miracle, and he told the disciples, there's 5,000 people here, they're all hungry. I want to seat them in groups of 50, and I want you to collect baskets, and I want you to go get whatever food is around here. And we know the story. There were like two little sardines, a few pieces of bread. There was a human part of this. There was an organizing that was needed. But Christ and the early church always understood that that kind of work was just building a stage to make it easier for God himself now to enter and interact with men, women, boys, and girls. That they weren't the ministry. God was the ministry. Not just in metaphor, the real God really interacting from heaven, doing things, speaking, 
moving, delivering, casting out demons, healing, giving visions and prophecies that come to pass. The other side, the supernatural world, coming into our world, you know, the God part. You can't manufacture it. It's the God part. We can sing and we can, you know, we can build a mood with a, with our music and we can do human things. That's not God's part. We have to leave a space for God's part. And the ministry and the church and, and our life every day is supposed to create a place where God can reveal himself. And I think we've just gotten to the place that we just rush right on through that and we'll just do it anyway. Jesus said, Acts 1, 4, do not leave Jerusalem. Just wait. Just seek. Just linger together with the Father, waiting for his promise to arrive. You know, have you ever ordered something from UPS and you're just sitting there waiting for the guy to walk up? And, you know, until he walks up, you just have to sit and wait. Maybe you can't even leave your house that day because you know he's coming before six. Well, see, early Pentecostalism didn't expect God to keep our schedule. So we kept his. Just wait. So Jesus told them, now let's go into our study, chapter 2. Jesus told them, just wait. Get focused. Get centered. Get quiet inside. Be ready for this. And so they did. They've been waiting for 10 days. And in verse 1, it said they had reached a place called being in one accord. They had achieved unity at a foundational level. It's a pretty cool Greek word, homothumadon. And it means having group unity, having one mind, having one purpose, being intellectually unanimous. You know, they've all come to an intellectually unanimous decision about the doctrine of Jesus Christ. Christ is risen from the dead. Christ is seated at God's right hand. Christ is transferring his ministry to us. Uh, in the Spirit-Filled Life Study Bible, I like when I look down into their helps, their definition of that Greek word, one accord. Quote, a harmony that leads to action. So they've come to this place of absolute harmony. And I've lived there too. We planted a church and uh, I've never had such joy in my life as those early days in our church and the, the way our lives were uniquely linked to each other and completely linked. I mean, there was nothing we wouldn't do for each other. There was such a purity of love and fellowship. And when you get those situations where you know you're called by God to do something as a group and it's impossible to do it, and so you do the human part, and then you just pray a lot. And God does his part, and that's, those are great days. Hold on to those. So there's this festival. The Jews are out having a festival. These guys are in the same. They're in the house. They're not going out. This festival is called the Day of Pentecost, and I think it's a pretty cool festival. It celebrates not the big harvest. It celebrates the first buds that are coming out. You know, it's a harvest about hope. I mean, it's a celebration about hope a celebration about potential, a celebration about future. And on this day, as the whole community is celebrating a potential harvest that's out there, 
there is a chronos event, a date on a calendar. It comes from God. Boom, suddenly is the next word, verse 2. Suddenly, a sound. It doesn't say there was a wind. It says there was a sound. And the sound was like rushing wind. It's like the sound of a crowd screaming. It's like the sound of an aircraft going, you know, a jet engine going over your head. It's that, it's that sound. Suddenly a sound, a sound in the festival. Everybody hears the sound. And suddenly, verse 3, a vision. There's a sound and then there's a vision. The sound was like wind. The vision was like tongues of fire. They didn't see tongues of fire. They saw something like it. Uh, he's, you know, he's struggling for words. And John the Baptist had prophesied about Jesus that Jesus would baptize with fire. And so the fire fell and the fire sat. That's important. It didn't like rocket around the room. Individually, it sat and it sat on everyone. It sat on women as well as men. It sat on children as well as adults. Anyone in that room, illiterate people, employers, wealthy, poor, everybody who showed up in the room that day, everybody that when God said, come, everybody who answered and said, yes, Lord, we'll come, all of those people received it. It sat on all of them, verse 4, and all of them were filled. That's a passive verb, okay? They didn't fill themselves. They were filled by Jesus, Peter will say later, as he poured his spirit into their bodies, into their soul, and they came alive in spirit. Now, I'm talking about the God part, and I want to encourage you. There's a God part for you. This isn't just you studying the Bible and you praying your prayers. There's a God part, and you have to believe that. We have to uh, accept the reality of it and say, Lord, I, I want to make space for you in my life. And when I'm ministering to other people, I want to say, okay, now, Lord, what? I, I'm just trying to give you room. I, I want to do introductions with people. And then you speak to them and you heal them and you reveal yourself as almighty God. And for him to do that for others, he needs to do that in our lives. If you've never had your own personal experience of Pentecost, my friend, this is for you. As we go on through this passage, you're going to see this is a gift and a promise from God for you, a personal encounter with your Father by the Spirit as He pours out His supernatural ability into you and into your life to use you as His minister for His supernatural kingdom. That's your birthright. Let's claim it. And let's seek it today. In the next podcast, we're going to just take some time and talk about speaking in tongues, what it's about, what it leads to, why God does this, and, and some of the other miraculous things that God has done uh, habitually through time. We want to talk about that. But for now, we just want to say there's a God part, and there has to be a God part. This can't just be a human, man-built religion of organizations and and denominations and ministries and it's bigger than that this is the eternal kingdom of god and that's the part of this that we need to focus and ramp up because the man part brother we have done all we need to do on that we got to make space for god 
and let God be God. Well, that's all for this week's thread. If you would like to talk to me directly, chuck at quinley.com. I'd love to hear from you. And please join our Facebook page and also tell your friends about our app in the Android Marketplace, Thread by Chuck Quinley. Till next time, see you later on Thread. Thread is the broadcast of Dr. Chuck Quinley. Log on to quinley.com.